Welcome to Slow Stories. I'm Rachel Schwartzman, the founder of Connected Editorial and the host and creator of this podcast. For those of you just joining in, Slow Stories is a series that deep dives into the rising slow content movement. In each of these episodes, I interview brand builders, entrepreneurs, and creative professionals who share what slow content means in the context of what they're building and why slowing down and creating thoughtful stories is more important than ever. This episode begins with a story by Julianne Fraser, who reflects on a conversation that helped her understand the importance of slowing down both online and off. Here's Julianne. Hi, my name is Julianne Fraser, and I'm the founder of Dialogue New York. Dialogue is a digital marketing consultancy based in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, specialized in building influencer marketing strategies for lifestyle brands such as Zakara Life, Seed, Brooklinen, and more. When asked by Rachel to share my slow story or a moment that opened my eyes and made me realize the importance of getting offline in order to find inspiration, I was reminded of my recent conversation with Anne Israel, the founder of Ville Mignon, this summer. Ville Mignon is a gorgeous hotel slash bed and breakfast located in my favorite area of France, Biarritz. My husband and I felt more inspired during a three-hour breakfast with Anne than we have been in the past several years combined. Anne is a visionary and a creative genius, and her story of finding Villa Mignon deserves a podcast of its own. But I'd like to share with you a moment of our conversation that really resonated and made me stop in my tracks. As someone who has worked in digital marketing in New York for over the last decade, I'm accustomed to being always on, plugged into social media, and working long and grueling hours. It's the New York hustle, and I have learned it well. But what I've realized during my discussion with Anne is that we must unplug, get offline, and disconnect in order to truly create. Nowadays, everything looks the same, from the way that we design our homes to how we style our hair, craft our outfits, and even cook. The echo chamber of Instagram ensures that we are constantly served up the same content by the same people. So how could we ever think of something original or outside the box? Disconnecting is not only imperative for our mental well-being, it's crucial in order for us to create something original and truly impactful. After this conversation, I've made an effort to unplug, disconnect, and truly find time to think, dream, and learn, whether it's by exploring museums, imagining outlandish recipes, or pursuing vintage shops alone on a Sunday afternoon. There's more inspiration in our world around us than in the screen in front of us. Of that, I am certain. To be a creative online, we must truly find time to create offline. Thank you so much again to Julianne for sharing. You can learn more about Julianne's work online at dialoguenyc.com and also follow Anne Israel's property at Villa Mignon. Now here's my conversation with Matthew Herman of Voicemails. Rituals transform how we live, work, and create, but closer to home, they can do something much greater, encourage self-love. For conscious creators like Matthew Herman, this idea is especially prevalent. Enter voicemails. Co-founded in late 2015 with his partner, David, Matthew and the team have worked diligently to create a gender-inclusive lifestyle brand that, 
in their words, encourages people to make loving your identity a daily ritual. With products ranging from candles to fragrances to intimates, Voicemails aptly puts the personal back in personal care routine. While so much of Voicemails' journey is reminiscent of Matthew's personal experiences, the brand has embraced its community every step of the way. From their slow burn candle collaboration with visionary musician Casey Musgraves to their limited edition pride collection benefiting the Trevor Project, Voicemails has valiantly engaged its customers in discussions around creativity, inclusivity, and genderful living. The latter is especially important to Matthew, who sees voicemails as a broader vehicle to support one's identity versus changing it. And in a time where it seems like we've experienced nothing but change, Matthew's story is a reminder that throughout it all, we are enough just the way we are. And in this interview, Matthew shared more about his journey from fashion to fragrance, the ins and outs of cultivating an identity-embracing brand, and what he's learned about slowing down and living an abundant life. It became abundantly clear throughout this interview that Matthew is a passionate advocate for living and creating with intention, but I won't give too much more away. So without further delay, enjoy my conversation with Matthew Herman, co-founder of Smells. My name is Matthew Herman. I am the co-founder and creator of Boy Smells. But outside of that, I am a friend and a partner and a son and a dog owner, a yoga practicer, and a traveler. And has that changed in the last year? For sure, at the beginning, my parents lived half the year in a town in Mexico called San Miguel de Allende, and they spent most of the year there last year just because the COVID outbreak was a lot less severe there than it was where we're from in Austin, Texas. So I did have the opportunity to travel back and forth to visit with my family in Mexico. So I haven't done as much of like the work traveling, like going to New York for development or going to Europe for sales and stuff like that. But I have been lucky enough to maintain travel to some of my friends and family. It's interesting, I'm sure, to kind of meditate on the idea of home since voicemails originally started in your home. And I'm sure we'll talk about that and the brand overall. But I'm also curious, just as you kind of meditate on life outside of the office, if there's a story that you've come across, whether it's been an article, a poem, a book, or even a song that has made you slow down or re-inspired your relationship with design or brand building. Yeah. So, you know, I practice yoga. It's like a type of yoga called Katona yoga. And I originally practiced that in LA with Love Yoga and then also in New York with Sky Ting Yoga Studio. And it's a type of yoga that I'm not nearly as indoctrinated into it as uh, my teachers are, but it comes from Katona, New York. And it really views the metaphor of the house and your body and your inner life. And it's so funny to think about home because it really uses like the metaphor of the home of, you know, stoking your furnaces, cleaning out the attic, opening your windows, like letting fresh air in. And I've really returned often to my practice through this entire period. One, because you can't go out and being able to practice at home is really important. But um, there's another idea within this practice of kind of like going with the current, going against the current, the lunar and the solar 
you know, combining your masculine, your feminine, you know, being in touch with like both sides of your nature is something that we talk about a lot in voicemails because it's something that's really important to me as a person. So I've built kind of the ethos of the brand around what I find important and I guess kind of like surrendering my ego to the pull and tide of this past 18 months has been I think an exercise that we've all been going through and my yoga practice is something that I come back to often and has really served me during this crazy on in every single way, <laughs> you know, past two years. I'm sure it'll be a lifelong practice. Yeah. It, it's like one of those things where I don't know about anybody else, but like every single time I do yoga, even if I practice it often, or even if I've been maintaining my practice, I'm always surprised at like how good it is at kind of unknotting the tension, the resistance, the ego. I don't know why, but like literally every single time I do it, I'm like, it's a discipline of like reminding yourself to be in your body and to let go. It's, I don't know why, but every single time I do it, I'm like, even if I've done it like earlier that day, I'm just surprised at how much better I can feel inside of myself. Yeah. It's almost like meeting yourself again every time you create that space to reconnect. Right. Yeah. I have done a lot of yoga in one day and I actually felt too vulnerable and like too exposed <laughs> that I had to like, you know, go home and just get under the covers. I mean, I think if anything for me, this past year has been an exercise in drawing boundaries and knowing when to push and when to kind of retreat both online and off. And I'm sure we'll talk about that given the nature of what we explore here on Slow Stories. But, you know, before we do, I'd love to have you kind of walk us through the origins of voicemails. But if there's an anecdote that you don't typically get to share when you talk about the company's origin story, maybe we can lead with that. Yeah. We've started voicemails at a time in both me and David, my partner's lives, where we had been working in the fashion industry. And while we loved that industry, we were seeing internal shifts in ourselves where the internal was becoming a little bit as important as the external. Having spent our 20s going out, being social, having our first professional experiences and developing into the people that we wanted to become, feeling more centered in ourselves and turning more inward, being focusing on the home. What do we want our surroundings to be like? You know, how did we view our lifestyle more than just our identities? And I was in a spot where I was allowing myself to kind of break down some of the walls for my identity. As a kid growing up in Texas, I was always this kind of like over the top, flamboyant in the best way possible kid. And just growing up in, you know, a culture, like you pick up on these little like micro reactions to the way you act, the way you present yourself. And sometimes when those are negatives, it starts to affect and you kind of narrow up how you feel comfortable existing. And you kind of start to craft a version of yourself that pleases yourself, but it also pleases other people. It's like easy to explain. Growing up as a queer individual, I think at this time when we started voicemails, I didn't know that I had done that. And I started to kind of pull away some of the expectations of society, of, of how you identify, how you present yourself. And, you know, there's a lot of great kind of conversations also around identity and queerness that was starting to like evolve more quickly than I had anticipated. And I started allowing myself to wear fragrances that had 
more feminine centered notes to it, like a fragrance really centered around tulip or a fragrance really centered around rose. And all of my icons growing up have always been female and I've always like really resonated with feminine energy. And I've always been obsessed with that duality of masculine and feminine thinking, holistic thinking versus linear thinking, the sacred feminine versus, you know, these kind of like more black and white masculine values. And I even wrote my thesis at fashion design school about this. And the balance and the duality of masculine and feminine energy has always been something that's been really of interest to me. And I was kind of going on this olfactive experience of letting my more feminine side come to the surface by wearing traditionally feminine fragrances. So when we decided to call the brand Boy Smells, but put it in a pink box, it was kind of like this permission to go outside of your binary expectations in the world of scent. And like me allowing myself to wear these more like feminine fragrances was almost like a metaphor for me tearing down these walls around my identity in my real life and how I saw myself and how I presented myself and how I loved myself. And it's funny because I was working in fashion, still working in fashion when we made this brand. And, you know, a lot of my girlfriends in fashion were wearing Tuscan Leather by Tom Ford or Santal 33 by Lilabo, which have much more traditionally masculine scent structures to them with like woods or musks or leather. And it kind of like all goes back to this idea that men are hunters and capable and strong. So they were like musk and wood and leather and, you know, this false idea that women are sensitive and therefore fragile. So they need to smell like flowers and things that are delicate. And I think it's really important that as individuals, we're all capable and that we're all tapped into our emotions. We should have that balance of those traditional ideas of what masculinity and femininity is of like being able to be in touch with both of those things simultaneously and let them inform each other, I think adds a multitude of depth and strength to who you are as an individual. So the brand itself, by calling it Boy Smells, but putting it in a pink box, it really reflects where I was at that time. And it really reflects like how we believe we can be in best and truest touch with who we are as individuals, which is to tap into our capacity for masculinity and femininity simultaneously and kind of develop our own true personal mixology of who we are as individuals that we allow ourselves to embrace without reference to the expectations of society. And we call that gender full rather than genderless. And gender full is really about reaching our fullest capacity for identity versus neutering the gender aspect of our identities in order to pretend like it doesn't exist or that there aren't masculine and feminine like power sources to tap into. And so we think genderful is almost post-binary or post-genderless, that it's kind of embracing both sides of that spectrum and kind of trying to more exist in like an omni-gender perspective than pretending like genderless, which just kind of denies the idea of gender having any influence on how we identify, which I don't often find to be the case. Are there any texts or stories or books that you think might provide more context around that idea a little bit more? You can Google the word and, you know, it's a word that I love. And there's been some gallery exhibitions, you know, on what a genderful world and, you know, it's been kicked around and it really is a word that just challenges any kind of idea of binariness. And I totally suggest people go to Google it and look at it and see artists who have used it as a point of reference in their work or to see like the Urban Dictionary 
dictionary definition of it, but I just don't believe in binariness. I think that we all go through this world with so many hats on, whether that be through our professional work, who we are outside of work as a parent, all these roles that we play. And sometimes they sit in contradiction to each other. Sometimes they are conducive to working together, but we have to pull on a lot of different tools in our tool belt to like operate through this world and all the different roles we play. And I hope that with voicemails, right now we make candles, find fragrance and underwear, but we plan on doing quite a lot more, especially in the bathroom space. I really hope that every moment of your day, whether it be from like brushing your teeth to putting on your deodorant, that that can be like an identity affirming moment versus a throwaway moment that you rush through in order to go out and be somebody else for everyone else. And if you can look in the mirror, like through going through all the processes of getting ready, putting on your perfume, like the candle that you light next to the bed, slipping on your underwear, brushing your teeth, all those things. If you can like come out of that feeling like all of those moments have reflected the ideal version that you see of yourself, that you look in the mirror and be like, that's my ideal of beauty. That's my ideal of sense of perfect. Then, you know, it's kind of like a magical experience to have all of those moments come from yourself versus kind of being handed to you via some marketing scheme or some big beauty conglomerate to be like, oh, you know, do this, you'll feel more beautiful. You know, like all of these things that you're being told that you need to be more like this, or you should be more like this, or you should want to do this. If we can strip all that away and just like really focus on what makes us feel good, then I think it'll make everybody a lot more capable to go out there and play all those roles that you have to play in order to just exist in our society and function with other people. And that's only becoming increasingly important after a year of tumult and fear and pain. And I don't mean to fawn, but I think what I personally love about voicemails is that it really does lead with humanity. You're instilling this sense of purpose that goes beyond just pushing product. Obviously, intimacy is really tied to the brand's pillars. And we talked a little bit about this earlier in our conversation about home and the fact that Boy Smells was born in your home. I'm curious, though, about how that environment to you can be a vehicle for finding one's personal scent point of view. Yeah, I think it's been really interesting to see at a more like macro trend level, how important the home has become to people and how much the home is now an extension of your personal identity. Whereas maybe in the past, it was like the living room was meant to host people and the kitchen is where you make dinner. And now home is like, the idea of home is less walls, less compartmentalization of like, this room is made for this, this room is made for this. You know, it's been interesting to watch homes go from being compartmentalized rooms to open floor plans and stuff. And I think that that kind of represents the decompartmentalization of identity in general. I think that whether that be gender identities or your work identity or whatever, you know, the lines are really being blurred a lot more. And I think when it comes to scenting your home, it's just really nice to be able to find a fragrance that 
really reflects kind of the full spectrum of how you view yourself or view your home. I'm really proud of the olfactive complexity of voicemails candles just because, you know, we just went through this process internally, which I was really resistant to, which is to define our candles into olfactive categories. Like this is a floral scent. This is a woody scent. This is a spicy scent. This is a botanical scent. Because I look at all of our candles and there's so many of those things simultaneously. And that reflects how we all are so many things simultaneously. And there's just so many of our candles that have like wood, spices, florals, leather, like so many things mixed together. Because I really think that that is kind of reflective of modern identity now is that we recognize that we are many things at once. And so I think, you know, olfactiveness, you know, it really triggers your memories. You might have like a beautiful history with your relationship with the scent of rose, or maybe you don't, I don't know. But I think when you smell a scent and you love it and it feels familiar, but it feels like simultaneously completely new, that I hope is how everybody feels about themselves at any point in their life, that you're like the best of all of your experiences, but you're always pushing forward to discover new things and to like re-express that in a way that is at the precipice of who you are always blossoming and becoming and cultivating to be. And I think that a lot of our scent, you know, have that kind of sense of familiarity with going someplace totally unexpected and new. And I hope my home and my life kind of reflect those values. It's interesting too, to hear you talk about our relationship with scent. And since you do take on a kind of creative leadership role with voicemails, I'm curious what you think scent brings to your creative process that other senses don't provoke in the same way. Yeah, well, our our entire creative process is scent. So not only is it the inspiration of our process, but it is the subject of our process too. So I guess that there are olfactive experiences that have changed my perspective on like what is a good smell, what is not a good smell. I think we're all attracted to scents for good and bad reasons, you know, and there's something about scent that is so much more of a psychological like exploration of why do I like that? Why do I not like that? And because we're so visual, like we're so used to like figuring everything out immediately. And like, it's always visual, you know, we watch TV, we read, everything is like coming through the eyes. And we're so used to evaluating who we are in our lives through a visual perspective. And as somebody who went to art school and previously was a fashion designer before starting voicemails, my whole sense of self-expression and the way in which I processed myself and the way I saw the world was through drawing, creating, crafting, and, you know, with something I designed that is tactile and visual you know, was always the way in which I express myself. And being able to work in scent is so great and beautiful and wonderful to put those same sense abilities of visualness into scent is really fun. You know, you have your bass notes and those are kind of like the base of a song. You know, it's like what grounds it? The fattiest molecules, they live on the skin the longest. They are the heaviest. They are woods and leathers and smokes and they weight 
the fragrance. And then you have your middle notes, which are your middle-sized molecules, which a lot of florals are in there. And they really are kind of the heart of the fragrance. And then you have your top notes, which are the lightest molecules. They evaporate the fastest. They're like the chiffon of scent, you know? They float away and there are a lot of like spices and citruses and things that elevate and brighten up the scent. And I love that I get to kind of take a lot of like creative disciplines that I've dabbled with in the past from cooking to painting to fashion to music and kind of like translate all of that into these kind of olfactive orchestrations. And it's fun to be able to draw on your memories. And I've done things that, you know, specifically reminded me or been like an homage to my grandparents, or I've done things that are more just an homage to like this idea of genderfulness of like really seeing how drastically I can push the masculinity and the femininity of something simultaneously. Or we've done things based on travel or where we've lived in the past. And so it's really fun to process my life and the way I see the world through fragrance. It's been great. And also as a queer individual and trying to live towards a stronger sense of radical self-acceptance, it's been a really magical experience for me to create a brand that's built on the ethos of coming to see and accept yourself and explore yourself in your most genuine form. And that also reflects a lot of my own personal growth and be able to do that through scent is also really special and magical for me. So the process of this brand, I think, and creating it and making the candles in the scents and, and what it stands for has just brought me closer to myself in every way. Yeah, it's really special. And I'm sure the way that it'll continue to evolve will be in parallel to how you see the world and kind of continue to have these conversations and the ways that we move and how quickly we move both online and offline have changed so profoundly. I'm curious to kind of talk to you about your relationship with Pace and how it's evolved in the context of building the brand and then just finding ways to start some of the conversations that you've mentioned around living a more genderful life, especially against the backdrop of our digital age. Pace is probably the thing that we struggle, I struggle with the most. I'd usually probably talk about this in like a more business angled interview, but Voicemails is self-funded. We've never taken on outside investment, but we've had incredible growth. And that requires expanding to your max bandwidth at all times. You know, we're growing faster than we can afford to hire people and things like that because we have to fund our inventory. Obviously, the pandemic was incredibly difficult with our supply chain crumbling, mm -hmm. whether it be having parts like our paper comes from Northern Italy, the beautiful pink paper when that's Northern Italy was shut down. Like, how do we deal with that? Our glassware supply chain crumbled. Our candle factory got shut down. And basically, we've been running at full speed kind of for the past couple years. And that has been something, you know, I personally struggle with on a lot of levels, just because I really want to be everything for myself and everything for everybody else too. There's a lot of people who work for us and you have an obligation to try and be the best person you can be for them so that they can be excited about being the best person they can be at work. And then I think I struggle the most with keeping the obligations to myself, whether that be time to read a book or time to work out or time just to unwind. 
And it's something that, especially with the pandemic, has actually been worse than before. You would think we're stuck at home. We should have more time to unwind. But, you know, the ability to always be plugged in and know where to go has almost allowed the line between work and home to be a lot more blurred than it used to be. Because it used to be like, close your laptop, get out of the house. And if you're staying at home, sometimes that laptop stays open and you really start to lose those boundaries. So the ways in which I create those boundaries or that I try to deal with pace is to, and this is almost contradictory because I I tend to over plan, but I always make a plan to go on a hike with a friend on the weekends so that it kind of forces me out of writing emails or whatever. Or I make a lot of plans to travel, whether that be to Mexico to visit my family or to go on a trip with friends. For me, like when I feel the most centered is really to be in abundance. I used to live in New York and I still go back there often, but I always try to go to upstate New York when I mm-hmm. when I go on a trip and spend a long weekend with friends there because the amount of nature and the abundance of the nature is something that I really, really makes me feel centered in myself. I'm not a big desert energy person. That kind of like nakedness of that landscape isn't as quite recharging for me as it is for some other people I know. But going to a place where I'm like arbored in trees and I feel the depth of the grass growing beneath me makes me feel really like cushioned in my life, you know, and it makes me feel very centered. The sound of nature. I went on a trip recently to a place called uh, Puerto Escondido with my best friend and we spent a long weekend at the beach and kind of a place with no Wi-Fi, no cell phone reception for four days, which was a little bit of a panic attack at the beginning. But like you slowly ease into that and like hearing the cicadas and the frogs so loud at night and the waves crashing and the ceiling fan because there was no air conditioning above me. Like all of those moments in nature that reset our nervous system, you know, you just completely reshock yourself into what it means to be connected. Those are like the moments that are really important to me and that I really, really, really value and that I seek out. And then when I come back to LA or I'm in the normal grind, that's when I really find the most struggle with drawing harder lines in the sand with being more protective of my pace, I guess. Sometimes I just have to just really get out of town in order to make sure that I give myself space to do that. I literally have to go to a different space in order to make it happen. And it's been almost impossible, as we all know. Glad to hear that you got out. And I actually just did my first weekend away in almost two years. I stayed at a lodge called Tourists, and it was basically everything you were just describing. But it makes sense that there's a tension there in terms of how you have to kind of balance when you go fast and when you slow down. But at least in the world of voicemails, from what I can see online, there is a level of intention that I think is really apparent in the brand storytelling and I'd love to have you talk a little bit about the language choices and the visual choices and how you've learned to create this sort of slow and very immersive creative that invites people in. Yeah, I think we are always trying to have fun first and foremost, and then kind of bring a little bit of our fashion backgrounds to that sense of playfulness with the brand. You know, it is called Boy Spells and it comes in a pink box. We're basically making fun of the binary at the same time as defying it. And 
little nods of sense of humor, I think is really important in the brand. And humor is a definite way in which me and David, my partner, deal with the world and move through it more gracefully. And it's definitely like humor has been a big part of my family as well. So I've grown up with it. And it's a really nice way to remain playful through kind of intense circumstances, especially this past while. So making sure that we always have that sense of playfulness, even in our visual identity, is really important to me. And then we like to bring in a full spectrum living, full spectrum identity, full spectrum of gender. The idea of spectralness is something that's important to us too. So you'll see a lot of ombres from one color to another, a spectral sense of color in the visual identity of our photography. That spectralness is like something that is a filter by which we try to represent the brand as well. And then, of course, Sense is really based in plants and nature, too. And I love the idea of plants and nature because it's a metaphor for cultivating your own growth, cultivating your own inner garden, cultivating your own beauty and expression. So when you look at a lot of the visual identity of our brand, you're going to see a lot of those elements at play. A little bit of a sense of humor, a full spectrum, and of course, the plants and botanics that go into everything that you get from us. So those are really the filters by which we create. But I think what it implies is, you know, to live in abundance, be more rather than less, but not at the sake of wearing yourself down, but letting all aspects of who you are and your identity be able to find a spot to grow and to be nourished and to be cultivated and do it with style too and express that back into the world in a way that you know is cool and makes you feel proud of who you are and we use the three e's we call them the three e's but explore embrace and express that's the journey that we want the products to provide the customer which is explore an aspect of yourself that you might not have known about find out that you like the way something smells or the way that the scent notes are combined is unexpected and that allows you to explore maybe the cross-section of two aspects of your identity that you didn't think were harmonious but could be or that are at least interesting like the inner exploration and then the embracing of that and being like you know what i do like that and that's cool and I'm going to allow this to marinate and cultivate within myself. And then I'm going to allow it to grow and re-express it back out into the world. So the explore, the embrace, the express, I think that they're kind of three stages of growth and development that exist in everyone, which is to plant the seed, nurture it, and then let it grow and show itself to the world. And that's kind of reflective of my own personal journey that Voice Wells has been a vehicle to reflect as well. And I hope that we bring even just a little bit of that to the products and the lives of the customers. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure as a brand owner, if anything, you're not alone in that period of introspection that I'm sure is happening across many industries. I think we've all been trying to figure out what is actually going to add value to people's lives. And a lot of that requires asking questions and we've had to ask some hard ones, but I'm curious if there is a particular question that you hope people ask you more often as we kind of continue to move through this time. Yeah, I think it's important for us to 
maybe I'm going to say this kind of in reverse order that you might have wanted, but I think what this time at home and a little bit detached from everyone else has allowed for everyone is it's given us space to like only live by our own rules because we haven't been forced to live in that world of expectations on each other because we're not interacting and engaging with each other in that way. So being at home and without those external pressures being in your face beyond it being on your laptop or via Instagram or whatever, it's allowed us to cultivate if we didn't ever have to show up for anybody else and we only had to show up for ourselves and we only had to live with ourselves, what does that life look like? I believe in the metaphor of that, you know, very much and like you should live for yourself, you should create your own rules by which you live. And when I think about voicemails and like what we're trying to do, I think about growing up as a kid and a different age where the bathroom was so heavily gendered, you know, like whether you realize it or not, but there is this old spice being for men and I remember like going to my mom's vanity and like there was this powder that she bought in Paris and it was like floral scented. All I wanted to do was use that, but like I wasn't allowed because I was a boy. And when you go, like no one's as feminine as Dove body wash and no one's as masculine as Axe body spray and nobody wants to be. Like nobody thinks that only being feminine or only being masculine is cool, but there's so much of that surrounds us and the products that we use every day. So I think as we've lived by ourselves for a year, year and a half, I hope that's allowed people to live by their own standards and to question all of the external standards that are so subtly suggested to us through the products that are marketed to us. And how do we question the idea of our own identities that have been a reflection of the products that have been marketed to us and the expectations of beauty and identity and gender that have been implied by the marketing of those things to us. And I hope that this year has allowed us to kind of question all of that. And I really hope that people are evolving to a point where, you know, you look in the mirror and you're like, that is my ideal of what it means to be a person living in society today versus being like, oh, I wish I didn't look like this, or I wish I was skinnier, you know, like all of those things that we've been taught as the ideals of what we should all be striving towards and why we need to buy all these products to get to something. Like what if we bought products that like just all laddered up to an internal sense of yes, you know? I hope we're all waking up to that and realizing that we can live by our own rules and our own sense of self, especially since we've been doing it. It'll be a lifelong practice that we all have to kind of check in to make sure that we're holding true to those opportunities to live a more inclusive and well-intentioned life and it's interesting because before this call I was actually just kind of scrolling through voicemails Instagram and I came across the post that you've shared in March and I think it was right before you introduced your personal fragrances and in the caption you wrote something that struck a chord with me and you said no one gets to define us but ourselves in this spirit, we use the word genderful rather than genderless when describing our community. We are not blank slates. We are abundant. 
And obviously, if you look at the world now, it's kind of hard to think about feeling abundant after such a transformational time. But in many ways, it's created an opportunity for us to start anew. And there's so much more that we could talk about in this conversation. But I want to close things out by asking what feels abundant to you in terms of the opportunities with voicemails, more inclusive brand building, and with living a more meaningful life I personally feel abundance in my gratitude to my community, my family, my coworkers who have all supported the journey of our brand and worked towards it with me. And then as this brand develops and we see the customer really value the product and we see the opportunities to grow the brand and the product offerings. I feel like the genderful world, we're just at the beginning of it. And so like the potential and all the things that we want to create over the next couple of years that we're so excited to bring to people, I feel very abundant in the potential. And then I just feel abundant internally because all of that's very exciting. And I guess potential is like another word for hope. And that's exciting. You know, I'm also like a true believer in the journey versus the destination. And that potential, that momentum, that aspect of the journey is all very exciting. And I feel very grateful for that. Abundance, I guess, can be overwhelming too, (laughs) you know? So I feel excited, sometimes overwhelmed, but always grateful. Herman, co-founder of Voicemails. You can shop Voicemails online at voicemails.com and follow them on social at boy underscore underscore smells. Stay tuned as we'll be sharing highlights from this episode on our own channels at Slow Stories Official on Instagram and at Slow Stories Pod on Twitter. I'm Rachel Schwartzman and you've been listening to Slow Stories. Thank you so much for tuning in.